0: Welcome to Dentist to Dentist, a podcast where we share ideas for dental practice success. I'm Dr. Michael Miyazaki, and each month we will bring you some easy listening on topics to make you happier doing what you do in dentistry, because let's face it, it's not always easy. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Michael Miyazaki, and today we have a great podcast, great information, again, from Garrett Caldwell, CEO of The PAC, Pacific Aesthetic Continuum and core dental lab. And what uh, Garrett's going to cover today are really the five things that that we as clinicians have to do to have a successful practice. I will tell you, I just felt like this was so valuable. It's quick, sweet, and simple. I hope you enjoy. And let me, um, I just want to read this one part because it was interesting. It was an article that I read. It says that what with, with an in sometimes with uh sometimes there's problems or issues in a business, whether it's increased competition, changes in the marketplace, or any number of changes at any at any given time. And there's basically three options we have. And I think we're gonna cover uh some of these options is one, you can stick it out, two, pivot in a new direction or see just quit what you're doing and then do something else. Well, in dentistry, we can't quit and do something else. So we either have to figure out if we're gonna stick with our plan that we have. Or pivot in a new direction, you know, make it make a change, you know. So in this article, it goes on to say that you know, many times we we want to do well in business, so that's kind of our our game plan. But the way that we're going to do well in business has you know a bunch of steps: how we approach dentistry, if we take insurance, if we don't take insurance, what services we offer, and all that. In this article, it made a very interesting point. It said if you were the NFL coach whose team was getting creamed going into halftime. Would you say we've got to stick to our game plan? Because often that's what we think, you know, stick, stick with the game plan. But if it's not working, I think what we have to do is if you're getting your, your butt kind of kicked in the game, you have to fire that coach, uh, before the halftime is actually over and you have to pivot and meaning you have to adjust. So you persist in your intention of winning, but you change the strategy. So I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. One of the quotes I use is Wayne Gretzky talks about being successful in hockey. He says he's going to where the where he intends the puck to be, Not he doesn't skate to where the puck is right now, or he, he'd always be behind. And I, I think dentists, especially those of us that have been practicing for a long time, we get comfortable practicing dentistry the way we've been practicing it for 20 or 30 years. But when you look at the industry of dentistry, dentistry, it has really changed even the last 10 years with all the DSO changes, um, the changes of insurance, uh, how patients are now uh, selecting their dentist and how they transition and move between offices a little bit more. The the business side of dentistry has really changed. So how are you doing, Garrett?
1: Mike, good morning. How are you? Nice to be with you again, as always. I like your intro. Unfortunately, the coach of most dental practices is the dental team owner, and so it's a little difficult to fire yourself. Although that may be an option, <laughs> we talk about practice management. Uh, but we talked uh, in our last in our last discussion, and more to your point, I I I, I like what you uh, your segue because it's kind of what we talked about today. You know, do you st- do you restart uh, or do you continue? So I'll just, take, I'll just take it from there. I, I look at sort of five, five, the five strategies you're going to need to address for the rest of the game and assuming that you may want to fire the coach and you may want to keep the coach. But at the end of the day, we can't walk away from the game. We have to finish it. So let me just jump right in. Number one, defining your practice and then writing a business uh, development blueprint. So I'm going to take a big step back. A lot of doctors have a practice that they just ended up with. It started and it is where it is today. And not a lot of thought went into defining before they started what they wanted their practice to look like one year or three years or 10 years down the road. So I think the first step is stepping back. And these are individual skills that I'm going to talk about as a leadership skills in business that I'm really going to talk about here is really for the doctor or the dentist to define the practice that they feel that they want to be operating, or they want uh, for their career, in writing, and we call that a business blueprint. And a lot of guys are don't understand what a business blueprint is, and it's very simple. Number two, I want to talk a little bit about business management skills because I think business management. We all have clinical skills. We spend a lot of time and energy on 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 understanding clinical skills and how to deliver different procedures, but. Very little time is spent on business management skills, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, the relevant services that you practice must provide patients today in order to win the game. So it's very different today, I think, than it was even 10 years ago or, or certainly 40 years ago in terms of a general practice. I'm not even sure that that's a relevant uh, term anymore. So understanding what those services are and what services you must deliver and what your patients are going to be expecting from you. And that ties directly in with education. And then finally, technology. And I'm actually going to defer this back to you, Mike, on technology, because certainly if you don't have the appropriate technology uh, within your dental practice, you're not going to be able to win the game. That's very clear. And that's now from teledentistry moving forward, everything from lasers and all the other things that we talk about. So I'm going to defer back to you on that. But starting with the first one, defining your practice, just a little bit about that. When we talk about defining the practice, really it's about understanding and defining your vision for your practice. Okay. And when I say vision, what I'm referring to is possibly how much time you want to spend at work, what your lifestyle is, we were talking a little bit this morning about your daughter. She's having a second baby. She's practicing. The vision for her practice is going to be very different next year and the following year than it maybe it was the first year. If we have a practice that we're beginning for a lot of doctors that are just starting out, or if you have a practice that's been in for 20 or 30 years and you're not happy, you're certainly going to want to be listening to this discussion because you need to take a step back, I think, and start with what's your vision for your lifestyle? How much time do you want to spend in your practice and what are those goals? So writing down your vision, I think, becomes very important. And really, when we talk about that, one size does not fit all. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I feel about this. Personal lifestyle preferences do matter. And I think now more than ever, doctors are, are very diverse in their lifestyles. They may not want to spend uh, 30 or 40 hours in their practice. They may only want to spend a couple of days in the practice. So I think it's very important to understand what your lifestyle is and really how much time you intend on investing in the practice. And then finally, and most importantly, don't be swayed by influencers or somebody else's vision. Doctors tend to be around a lot of great information delivered by a lot of very influential people. And they tend to follow advice, which is great but I would encourage dentists to be independent thinkers and really be honest with themselves and not be swayed by what somebody else tells them is the right way to practice or the right amount of time to practice. So sitting down and writing a business blueprint involves the elements that I just discussed. So it may be a part-time. If you're an associate, you may just want to work part-time. If you're going to have children or family, If you're a skier, maybe you only want to work six months a year or five months a year. If you like to vacation and travel, or possibly you are the opposite of that. You really want to go knock them down and you want to have an eight or 10 operatory practice and have a multi-million dollar practice. I think you need to define that. We look at employees of DDSOs entering uh, retirement. If you're a doctor now that's possibly entering retirement, I think your blueprint really matters now. I think understanding how you're going to transition. And what that means and how you're going to do that would be part of a blueprint for a senior doctor. A private practitioner, maybe you want to have a boutique practice. And so maybe now's the time to make the change and stop taking dental insurance and go independent and sort of live the life you want to live and practice the way you want to practice and take a little more risk with that, but serve yourself. So those are the kinds of things I'm talking about there that all relate to defining your practice. And I think it starts with writing a, a business blueprint for yourself. That's number one. Number two, business management skills. This is sort of where we could spend a long time, but we're not. We can talk about this more, I think, in the future. But I'm just going to start with this. So in my opinion, the biggest shame probably besides how dental insurance has impacted the dental industry over the last 20 years and really created a lot of challenges for doctors has been really the opportunity that the lack of business education has created for the DDSOs in our industry. The DDSOs have come in and I think really leveraged the fact that doctors don't enjoy running their business. They like practicing dentistry, but they just are challenged by the operations of the business. And that's created a whole new industry. I think it's fantastic for senior doctors that are transitioning out for the DDSO, but I think it's the opposite effect for younger doctors that are at the beginning or the middle of their career. Now they're facing a DDSO that's grinding prices down, that has a lot of dollars behind them, that makes it difficult to compete to provide the highest level of service to the patients. And that's definitely changing. And when you combine DDSO and dental insurance, I think that creates a big problem for the private practitioner moving forward. So we talk about business management skills. I just want to take a step back and make a statement here. So you're gonna go, you're gonna have to understand how to manage your dental business. And we call it a dental business now because it's not a practice anymore. It's a competitive business that can upwards of a million dollars to open, and you need to have the business acronym to do analysis in your practice. So going through analysis and planning. Is a, manage, is a business skill that you are going to have to have along with your clinical skills. What are those skills? We talk about internal processes that we talked about in our last meeting. We talked about analysis and, and how analysis relates to uh, the efficient operations of your practice, especially if you're going to go from insurance to non-insurance. Being able to know the impacts of the decisions that you make every single day are really critical. And most doctors are flying blind in their practice. They're going in there. They're working really hard. Their head is down all day. And at the end of the month, they look up and say, how did we do? They don't really understand how each element of their business model affects profitability, whether it's good or bad, or whether they should change or what they should change. So analysis will allow you to focus on inefficiencies. I think that's number one. So getting skill enough skill where you can sit down and understand how to use a financial analysis to evaluate the performance in your practice. Many doctors are challenged when it comes to business development because of two reasons, I think. One, a lack of business training, or they're just too busy treating patients. It's just too difficult uh, to find the time. Monthly and yearly high-level analysis should be taking place. We obviously look at daily numbers and weekly numbers, but I'm talking specifically about your business blueprint, your operational plan being analyzed every month for profitability. We call this internal practice development. You can't really develop a good strategic plan unless you can measure performance. This relates to the team processes as well as financial uh, internal inefficiencies. And again, I'm going to use that word internal inefficiencies a lot because with analysis, you can have a phenomenal practice that's very profitable. But I promise you, if we could analyze it, we could find inefficiencies without any more effort, make more money, more money makes more time. So I think understanding that's important. All of these affect the practice value, both your profitability currently and your practice value down the road by increasing positive patient experience. So when you're analyzing and finding out what's working and not, not what, what's not working, it's very likely that you're also improving your patient, a positive patient experience, because the patients are ultimately who are asking for these services and accepting these services. So whether it's clinical or personal, by increasing a positive patient experience, most practices will experience a significant increase in their annual production and profitability. I think that's pretty simple. So, I think analysis is critical. So, what do we do? Take a basic business class. Okay. We spend so much time and money in the dental industry. And I will add that it's fear based on clinical programs. We spend hundreds and hundreds of hours every year that's required for your license. And we spend Literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in our career on understanding the clinical, but relatively no time taking a business class. One simple business class to be able to, so you can sit down and understand the difference between an income statement, right, and a and a profit and loss statement, which are different, so you can analyze in your business what's working and what's not working. You need to clearly understand your practice health and plan and understand those inefficiencies. So, like you said earlier, Mike, so you can pivot, but you pivot through analysis of financials. you cannot pivot or change a game plan unless you can measure yard by yard if you're making any progress or not so at the end of the month, if you're not making any money, that's analysis but why is the question that probably ninety five percent of the doctors or more ask me and it starts off with simple analysis so Profit and loss statement versus income statement. When I go in and do a chat with you and a lecture, we talk to doctors on the break and I ask them, do you know the difference between those two? Almost 100% don't know the difference between those two, which tells me that they're really not in a place where they have the most basic fundamental business knowledge. So please take a business class. And then finally, within that, debt management for both business and personal
0: This is great stuff and is brought to you by Vista Apex Dental Materials. I encourage you to learn more about Vista Apex's products and other online education opportunities at VistaApex.com.
1: We talk about debt management, understanding what's in your means, and making sure that any money you spend on the practice, whether it be on technology or education, you have a blueprint for a guess for the return. So you're spending money based on profitability, not based on influence. And then finally, a savings plan for retirement. What is your strategy for retirement? Business development involving these simple metrics really all relate to, at the end, how much money you're keeping every month, how little debt load you're carrying, and are you putting money away for retirement? I think those are those are critical strategies we talk about business. Number three, we talk about relevant services. You mentioned relevant services and what services we need to provide. Um, I think it's really important that the doctors offer its patient relevant services and relevant relates directly to what your competition is providing, both quality of care and the types of services. So we talked a little bit, Mike, about multidisciplinary practice. So general dentistry, sort of the drill and fill practice, It will be impossible to survive in today's market with the investment you've made in dental school and on the practice itself to just provide basic services as a dentist. So this includes providing services that will meet your patient's needs and serve your business profitably. So I don't want to get too much into multidisciplinary medicine or multidisciplinary practice offerings. I think we all know what that means. But we talk about cosmetic and aesthetic treatments. We talk about orthodontic treatment services, implant services. We talk about sleep services. Most of the competition that are doing well in their practices are offering all of these in-house. Patients are busier than ever and don't have time to reschedule appointment after appointment after appointment. So, again, if you're going to be relevant as a doctor and your business is going to be successful, part of your business plan has to be taking a look at your client and asking yourself, does my client want to be scheduled with a specialist, or is it something I can do right here? So if I can keep them here and make it easier for them, they're going to be more loyal to my practice and they're going to reform more patients. If I have the skill to provide that service, I'm going to be more profitable. I think it becomes very important in multidisciplinary concept to consider whether you have the skills to do that as a doctor. And we're going to talk a little bit again about education when it comes to that. So patients are busier than ever. They don't have time. You want to be able to provide those treatments in your office. I think it's crucial to being competitive, but I think it's crucial to being profitable. So when we talk about education as part of this, in this category, the message is clearly you need to be taking some consistent post-grad education based on the analytics of your practice where you're weak and you feel you could create more strength. So maybe you're not comfortable with dental bonding or interior aesthetics. Um, I think it's really important that you you become comfortable with those. I want, to st- I want to just read something really quick, Mike. It's out of a uh, dental C- CFO, and it's interesting. It says, dental practices that don't make cosmetic treatments readily available will likely lose out on competitors. If your practice doesn't offer corrective and cosmetic procedures, you could miss out on a significant revenue opportunity, since those patients who desire these procedures are often willing and able to pay for them and prefer to work with dentists they know and trust. It says here that cosmetic dentistry, which includes procedures such as teeth whitening, veneers, we talk about aligners, Mike, are also increasing in popularity. While cosmetic dentistry is often associated with elective procedures, it can be and it is used for restorative procedures. So we often think of doctors thinking of of this as an elective service, but chipped teeth, cracked teeth, small gaps, spaces between the teeth, all of those relate to Cosmetic dentistry. We talk about tooth alignment. We talk about implants. All of this really falls under general restorative. So I think if doctors don't have the ability to provide these services, they're not going to be competitive in the game. And lastly, technology. I'm going to defer, Mike, to you to this, but clearly we talk about digital dentistry, lasers, intraoral cameras, artificial intelligence, AUI, augmented intelligence is coming into play now. You're far more knowledgeable about these things than I am. Digital impressions, 3D printing, all of these things, the best practices are using. In the laboratory, we receive more and more digital impressions, which is a time saver and increases accuracy. So I would defer a little bit to you on those. how you feel about
0: those you know i I think the technology side goes back to uh what you said earlier i think every practice because the um there's not not only the cost to acquire the technology but then the time and cost to acquire the education to use the technology and so i think a statement you made earlier with the financials i think we have to understand the roi and if there's an roi for your practice to get into whatever area of technology you're looking uh possibly to jump into like, like the ai as far as Diagnosis is really becoming a, a big part, and I think that's going to really change our field one w- once again. My feeling is, I, I always like to uh, kind of be on the leading edge of ac- acquiring um, new technology. So we have the hundred thousand dollar plus lasers and the CB hundred thousand plus dollar CBCTs and all that, and I think there is value in that. But um, I think you're right. You know, you, you take that blueprint, you figure out what type of practice you want to have, you look at the financials to figure out where maybe uh, you could create more revenue in your practice take implants for example um today if you're placing implants and you really want to do a lot of implants you'd want to be, have a CBCT so then go back to your financials and see if your practice could then support the having a CBCT which I was reading an article uh where they interviewed Gordon Christensen. and Gordon Christensen, um again likes things to be uh, affordable for the practice you know he he loves new technology but if it's super expensive he doesn't go out there and uh recommend it. And a CBCT, he said, is one of the best revenue producers uh, within your practice because you can delegate the use to your team to take your CBCT and that CBCT image is going to generate revenue because you can charge a fee for it as you should. So, um, you know, I would encourage just using that as one example, you know, if if a doctor is looking at possibly buying a CBCT and right now just to kind of frame where we are, we're ending October of 2023. So we're going into the last quarter of the year where a lot of docs want to take care of the section 179, the, the tax benefits. You know, I would look, would look at some technology, but I would make the decisions very carefully. And if we know the financials of our practice, we could say, okay, I could afford to adopt that. I would look at trying to get technology that's going to help us treat our patients better, and therefore generate revenue. And, um, you know, there's some things like the intro scanners where some practices just don't have the volume to really make it, um, you know, a true benefit because you have to buy the technology and many times you have to get a service contract along with that technology. And it may be even less expensive just to keep taking the, you know, the the analog impression. So I think every practice has to kind of figure out if it does make sense.
1: No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, so... You know, again, defining sort of how you want to live your life as a dentist and creating a blueprint for that and then creating a business strategy, a financial strategy and getting some really good analytics. And I I can't overemphasize if it's something that the doctor doesn't have time for. Then I do. I do think hiring a practice management company, at least to help with that specific part, helping you to get all of your numbers in in an analysis format. Yeah. And then having help to go through those numbers and understand the impacts of each of those departments, whether they're profitable or not, and if they are, what percentage they uh, contribute towards your day-to-day practice to be able to help guide your team into where you want to be doing more or less or make those changes. I think that's really important, and that's the start.
0: I think those five tips that you gave us today are are like worth their weight in gold, or maybe cryptocurrency, whatever (laughs) whatever may be more valuable. Take an I O U. Yeah, Bitcoin. (laughs) I think you gave us some great ideas. All of this is can can really change, you know, my colleagues' lives. And so hopefully, that's what we're able to share.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate no good thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's
1: let's get this out. If anybody has questions, they know how to get a hold of us. I think.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. Right. right. Well, thank you very much, Garrett.
1: Thank you, Mike. Have a good morning.
0: Thank you. You too. I hope you enjoyed listening to the program. We want to keep sharing ideas, so please share this podcast and tell a friend. And check out VistaApex.com, where you can find products and education to make your practice more successful.